With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Touchdown for touchdown, Lisa Brown. She's gone. One last block here. Getting rid of the kicker. And Brown is in. PAT no good. And it's 6 nothing Vixen. First play from scrimmage of the ball game. 18-yard lollipop toss to Ryland Fields. 18-yard score. Tied up. Missed kick there. Marquita Shannon plunges in from... One yard out. That kick is up and good as 13-6, Vixen. Here is a nice catch and run for Cottle. Erica Cottle running down the sideline. 69-yard touchdown. That kick is up and good. We're back to even at 13-all. Uh-oh. Sharks taking the lead here near Gamble. Missed there by, by Bain. And another touchdown for Fields. 22 yards. PAT good. It's 2013. Hansen, maybe a little Peyton Manning. Uh, audible there, plunging in from four yards out. That kick is good for 2020. Angela Griffin, first touchdown of the season. Lovely. Two yards. Kick is good. We're at halftime, 27-20. First possession of the third quarter for the New York Sharks. And the Sharks dominated the second half. They really did. Easy, easy plunge here. And... Tilly. Aaron Tilford goes 99 yards on his INT for a touchdown. And that kick is up and good. It's 34-26. Dixon lead by eight. A full possession. And then the Sharks coming back in the, late in the third. Mulligan. 
Number three for Bryland Fields. What a football game. She had well over 100 yards, three touchdowns. They're going to go for two and tie it up at 34. And here is the last play of the game. Sharks two yards away from going to North Carolina. Crystal Minas, the second 95-plus yard INT return of the game for the Vixen. She's gone. Touchdown. Walk-off victory. Crystal Minas and the Minnesota Vixen are 9-0. and They finished 5-0 at home. And they're going to try to go 5-0 on the road. They're heading to the, on the road to take on the Utah Falcons in Charlotte, North Carolina. And what a game that was. What an awesome classic that's going to turn out to be. So uh, alongside uh, Kishi Free and Troy Wilson, uh, as you can see right there, um, that's a classic game right there. I, I don't know what, uh, how else to put it. Historic. It was a great event. Um, welcome to the Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com. Uh, so Nkishi, uh, Troy, uh, NFL-like game, uh, Eastern Conference battle, uh, IWFL championship for the right to face the Utah Falcons. Um, so it's, you know, we all knew coming in this game, even uh, Neil said this game was going to be a crucial matchup. It's two historic franchises. They hadn't met since 99. Um, and so uh, the the game did not disappoint. It's a, a very good clock. You see the highlights. It's really NFL-style highlights. Um, Troy, uh, a lot of Russell Wilson there at the end. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it was it, one one thing I, I noticed in there, just like you said, man, the huge plays that the ladies came up with out there, man. I mean, that's that's what you call big-time football. That's what you call exciting football. I mean, I think everyone who watched it, well, was pretty excited, and, and and now you you start to look forward to to the team, that team playing Utah. But I mean, the walk off touchdown at the end just solidified. I mean, everybody was everybody was up in arms about that one, man. So you, you got to love the way that, that you know both teams played with a lot of spirit and they played with a lot of heart and vigor. But at the end of it, Minnesota came out on top. You got to give it. You got to take your hats off to that Minnesota team. Yeah, and uh, Kishi, uh, you know, this is this is defensive football on both sides of the ball. I mean, even though they were scoring, each team was combating each other and scoring. It's like one drive after another. It, it was in and out, in and out until the end, and then we had to go to double overtime to decide this game. I mean, this, this cannot get any more exciting. No, double overtime is absolutely the best, and when you – have two teams that are putting it all out there on the field and leaving everything they've got out there. That's what you want to see when you're playing football, and that's the type of football that's going to help elevate the women's game. Yeah, and, you know, 40-34 to doesn't uh, doesn't do it justice because you would say, oh, they just they edged it. But, no, this, is, this was neck and neck until the end. Everybody was matching uh, besides – the the crucial mistake there by uh, Karen Mulligan uh, on and and having taken uh, Crystal uh, Nina's taken advantage of it as she should. Uh, it just seemed uh, Troy at seemed at that corner angle when she threw the ball, the uh, offensive uh, player just somehow slipped, right? And it looked like uh, Crystal jumped on the ball very quickly once she saw the arm sort of trying to go to the right. Yeah, but and at the same time, I mean, the you know throwing that route right there at that point in time, you got to question the call right there. That's just not a very safe throw if you think about it. That's one of those where 
if you don't have the arm strength to put it there, it means unless you're Aaron Rodgers or, or somebody that can that can get the ball there quickly, that ball kind of floated there. It looked like it took forever to get there. So it wasn't it didn't look like it took too much effort for uh, uh, Crystal Nina's to, to intercept that one. Well, that's also kind so, of like how guys, Seattle lost the. This, that's also kind of like how Seattle yep. lost the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson tried to float it in, and you know sometimes you got to know when to just ground and pound. That's true. I mean that's that's exactly. So uh, we are going to have an amazing uh, uh, amazing players on the interview on the No Joke Football Huddle today. We have uh, Laura Laura Brown, which we interviewed before this whole matchup started. The owner and the and also a player for the Vixen. And we are going to have the uh, the game changer uh, individual here, Crystal Ninas, is going to be joining us today also. So we're going to talk to her about the excitement, about the play, and uh, moving on, obviously, to the IWFL Championship. And we are, we're happy to get uh, Bree, um, Bree Lynn uh, Fields, or Brooklyn Fields, as you might know her as, uh, from the New York Sharks who had an outstanding game, three touchdowns, over 100 yards as well. And she obviously is on the losing end of things, but uh, a great performance by her as well. So we're going to be talking to them in a couple minutes here, and they're going to dissect the game for us and kind of go through it and, and you know, the jitters and the emotion and everything else. But, um, Troy, give me your two bits there. I mean, this, is, this was emotional game coming in. The historic aspect of it was even more emotional than anything. These teams had not met since 1999. We had talked about it a week ago about how this was very significant because of the championship or the playoff aspect of it. And so um, hats off to the Vixen for putting this game on live TV and covering it. I mean, I cannot stress that enough. If this game would have not been on TV, I think we would have missed out on a classic. But since, it's, since it was recorded, it was put on Township, uh, TV, we're able to see it and review it. Uh, this is this is a classic. This has got to be up there. You know, Neil's got the encyclopedia, but you got to put this one up there as one of the most exciting games in in the women's gridiron. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, not, not to mention, as you said, I mean, these teams haven't played in a while. So this kind of game and this kind of game being memorable, this is one of those games where. You know, it could kind of vault both of those teams, and and not only that, but but also the sport, depending upon how it was circulated upon the internet. This could be one of those games that kind of vault people into being interested and in, more interested in women's uh, football. I mean, because as you said, when you're watching these games and you see the action out there, you tend you almost forget that they are women out there. You're looking at a football game. And you're looking at you're looking at players making big plays in big game situations, and it doesn't matter if you're a woman, if you're a man, or you're a kid. When you see big plays like that, it brings something out of you. It brings that excitement out, and that's what we wanted to see in the sport. So just to have that, you know, broadcast and and they you know broadcast that, and, and then also we get a chance to, to to take a look at it online. It was an absolute treat to look at it that way, and I'm hoping. You know, when when more and more people start to look at this, this becomes more so like like it was with the um, I believe it was the Giants and the Colts. It was supposed to be the greatest game ever played, and that kind of vaulted the NFL into its prominence. When people watched it, they're like, "Man, this game was so excited!" And it just 
made all the fans, made people become fans of the NFL, and I'm hoping that this game has that same effect for women's football. Now, Troy, uh, or I mean, and Kishi, the highlight reel is it was done so well that I was, you know, you would if you were looking at that on social media, you would assume that that was an NFL game or something, because the highlight reel was so good. I mean, I got to give credit to, uh, you know, the township uh, broadcast when they did the highlight, you know, the highlight reel. It looked so crisp, so real. I mean, it looked like you were watching CFL or or NFL type, uh, you know, uh, recap. So I got to give them the hats well, the off hi- for that too. They, yeah, the highlight reels are definitely getting better, and they are definitely improving. And I think that that also, you know, is going to have to be one of the ways that we are able to elevate the sport. Because, like, when Troy texted this weekend and was like, you know, hey, guys, turn to ESPN2, my ESPN2 didn't have it. And I'm like, oh, good gracious. So I was, you know, really, really frustrated. So at this point, it's going to have to be, figuring out the best way to utilize media to help elevate the game. And the highlight reels definitely matter in taking advantage of the YouTube clips, you know, and also being able to get those reels out to uh, groups like us so that we can further push it out on our social media platforms so that we can help others be able to view these games. The other uh, aspect of this week uh, was exciting was uh, what Troy was trying to allude to us uh, and trying to get us, ESPN2 did an E60 on the Orlando shooting with the Orlando Anarchy, which is Paula Blanco and Corey Connell. So, uh, uh, Troy, what did you think of the of the spotlight on that on that feature? You know, honestly, it was um, it was a little bit heart wrenching. Um, you know, to see the, the the effect that it that it has on people, and but at the same time. You know, it did bring, it did highlight a little bit of the sport. You know, I know I, you know, we were watching it at the bar, and it was funny because a guy says, you know, at one point, you know, it was being sad, but another guy says to me, he says, women's football, like really? And I was just like, yeah, man. I mean, they're they're pretty good, and you know, I happened to you know be sitting right there next to him, and he was like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and check it out. Gave him a few websites to, to go ahead and take a look at it. And as a matter of fact, I sent him the link for the, you know, the Minnesota game also. But it was just, you know, going back to that, it was just, it was, it was gut rich to, to watch that. You know, it was just, you know, watching the emotion of, of everyone that came out of it. It's it just, it, for me, it was, it was just emotional. And Kishi, what did you think of the piece? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it and that was you know really frustrating for me because um like I said I wasn't able to see it and even though I know Troy said it was on ESPN2 ESPN2 wasn't covering it in my area so I was just like okay I'm gonna have to figure out how to watch it so I'm hoping that I can um, find it online and you know it'll be on um, ESPN's website under the 30 for 30 but to what Troy's point was um, about you know people you know actually looking at the game about a, a year ago, and I think we talked about this once, you know, Troy mentioned that, oh, I got popped in the head because I got caught looking at the LFL, and, you know, there was this whole really in-depth conversation, you know, we were having on social media, and I was like, well, you know what, guys, this is actually what I do. You know, I'm I'm, I'm still learning 
the game. I said, but this is a real sport. And a lot of the guys on his page joked, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, after a while, when you actually start watching, you stop paying attention to what they're not wearing and you start paying attention to how they're playing. And I think that Troy's coverage of the LFL games really personifies that. So first of all, kudos to you, my friend, because you've been spot on covering the games as a professional analyst. And, you know, and after a while, you really do start to see that. So I hate that I missed the 30 for 30, but the conversations are definitely, um, you know, getting out there. And, and like you said, watching the game live, I had to remember a couple times that those were women out there, you know, you know, because I think that's the, the message. quality that's of the, the play. message. I think that we really, that's the message we have to focus on the fact that the game play the uh, the action on the field, as Troy mentioned before, uh, really took away all of that and just and you were witnessing high caliber football, and I think mm-hmm. that's what we need to do. Uh, the highlight reel it will explain that. Uh, the only time you're going to know that these are women playing football is pregame interviews and postgame yeah. reaction. The really mm-hmm. reality, or if you're you know, standing and in on between the maybe before halftime when they everybody before halftime when everybody takes their helmet off or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, the, the reality is the game was a classic. I have to give the hats off, too. So, um, you know, guys, let's, let's bring in the folks that were involved in the game and let's talk to them about the excitement because we were excited as fans and we were dived in and we we're so excited right now about it. So let's bring in uh, Laura Brown and the Game Changer. Uh, so we'll probably nickname her now. Game Changer, Crystal Ninas of the Minnesota Vixen. So, ladies, are you guys on? Uh, Laura and uh, Crystal? Yep, we're both here. Hi. Hi. Awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be hey, here. Hey, Crystal. Big players yep. make big plays in big games. Yes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> don't, hey, don't, don't, don't She's be still in all, I think. You earned it. You earned it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Crystal, Crystal, at this point, you got to be elated. I mean, uh, it was a hard-fought game, double overtime. It, it, it just seemed like it was never going to end. It was like back and forth, back and forth. Um, what did you see on that play in the end zone? I mean, when you were getting ready. Uh, I mean, this is this is a great quarterback. I mean, Karen Mulligan, take nothing away from Karen Mulligan. Um, but what did you see at that point? I looked at the video, and I looked like – your uh, the offense uh, the offensive defender somehow slipped behind you. That's what it looks like. But then I also saw the fact that you jumped on the ball as soon as her arm was about to throw it that way. So what was what was your perception of the play? I thought it was going to be a run play at first, and then um, I saw our Andrew. I saw her. She was pretty close to the quarterback, and I think she was just pressured, and she threw it, and it was kind of a blur after that, but I just remember jumping on it and just running. <laughs> it was all a blur until the end zone, though, but, yeah, it was crazy. Well, if you see the play, if you see the play, Karen was, like, literally gassed at one point trying to reach you, and I was thinking, is she going to haul her body just to trip her? Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's what I was you're looking at, and you're like, is I she going to really gonna jump me. on Huh? I thought she was for sure going to get me. I thought she was going to no, die I know. on me That's or what it looked like. my leg or something. Yeah. 
and she didn't jump. So I was like, I thought she was going to make a jump for it. Like, you know, cause most in that desperation stage, you sometimes you lunge and you throw your arm out and whatever, just to prevent the, the touchdown. So um, the emotion crystal in the end zone, when reality sunk in and, and you scored, how, how was that? I was speechless. It was it was just so it was such a great feeling to win it for the Vixen, just because it's been a long time coming, and you know everyone we all everyone deserved it. The whole team. I mean, New York deserved it too, but you know neck and neck, someone's got to win. Good game Did overall. Did you put on some afterburners on that run, girl? Because that was something serious. It was just like all of a sudden your feet just took wit. I was watching. You were like, okay, I got this. I'm running. Whoa. And then all of a sudden your feet just elevated. I mean, did you feel yourself kick in? Yeah. I I was like, I'm not going to let her get me. I need to, I need to, I need to get this touchdown. I'm not going to make this game any longer. I am, I'm, what's <laughs> we done? Well, and if you how long did you guys first. play? How long did you guys oh. play? Because that's the other thing. Most people don't know. You guys aren't just playing for two hours on Sunday like the guys. Your games are normally what three hours long, just a regular game. Well, the, you know the fifteen minute quarters, and then with the double overtime. I, I tell you the truth, I'm not even sure how long it went. <laughs> um, I, I was just glued <laughs> glued to the field, not really watching the clock. But I mean. By the time it was all said and done, I know I didn't really walk out of the stadium until 11 o'clock at night, you know. But, you know, by the time I, you know, said goodbye to everybody, but we were out there celebrating a little time for a while on the field. And deservedly so. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a great feeling. I mean, just everybody clearing off the bench out there in the end zone together. It's just a, a, an amazing moment that, you know, not only myself, but the coaches and all the players will have with them for, for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's why Laura, the, the excitement, the excitement in the stands. I mean, I cannot tell you a, a thousand fans on the highlight reel. looked like there was about 20,000 fans in the stands. So uh, the perception <laughs> was there that it was, this was huge, you know, college, college, big time, high school, big time football. Um, it, it, take us to the, take us to the, the day. Can you take us to the day, Laura, about the beginning here? It's a big matchup, big rival, the history. I mean, we talked to Neil a, a week ago, and then we talked to you a while back. Uh, this was this was supposed to be big time, you know, for in terms of not just the IWFL, but you know, women's gridiron in general, because of the fact that your franchises are long tenured. Um, so take us into the yeah. the mindset of the game day before this huge, you know, outcome. But I mean, a lot of excitement, I presume. Yeah, you know, you balance it between being excited and just trying to treat it like it's just any other game. You know, you you want to you want to pump everyone up and and make them understand how serious the game is and that this is you know you you win this or you go home you're done for the season. Um, and you balance that between like you know what we've been doing it every game all season long we're eight and zero it's just another game. Go out there, do your assignments, and if everyone does their assignments like we've been doing it all season, we're going to walk away with the win. But uh, I think there was a lot of butterflies that morning, people excited. Um, yeah, I mean, the locker room just had a lot of energy in it and our walkthroughs, and we had a lot of uh, local media out there covering it, interviewing people beforehand. A lot of energy in the stadium that day, and then just watching the fans just pour in and pour in and um you know, I've, I've never seen the stands that full. We broke a record for our attendance, which is, you know, phenomenal. And um, 
just the noise that they made and that the majority of the people stayed until the end of the game. I mean, how could you walk out of that game? I, I don't think anyone could. And so it's just the excitement just on, on even, even the officials were just like, there's the atmosphere and the excitement They were, They even commented about it, that it was just another level that they really hadn't seen, you know, except for, you know, maybe a little bit at like the high school tournament time, but otherwise that's about it. Otherwise, yeah, like an, an NFL level excitement and atmosphere that was going on that day. Laura, the the fact that you had it on video and captured on town, uh, on the town ca- coverage, I mean, that alone does it justice. But then the highlight reel that they put together, mm-hmm. as we were talking about earlier before you guys came on, I mean, that highlight reel is so well done that if you were watch, if you just go through it on social media and, and look it up, you would assume that's somehow CFL or NFL play. And until you really oh, look closely at it, you're like, this is not NFL. <laughs> this is women's gridiron. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have to give you a heads yep. off to that, to the fact that they did a great job on that. They covered it well. Oh, they broke it down very well. Um, so hats off to them too because they made a, they made the, the broadcast was very top notch. Yeah, it's uh, Town Square Television, and um, they do a fabulous job. I can't say enough about them. Um, you know, Toby and Kyle are the, the two main commentators there, and you know they bring out like three cameras. The instant replay, the quality that they do is just outstanding. They exceeded my expectations. And um, this is the second year that we've had them, and it's been such an asset to us. It's introduced our team to a lot more people. When we're out at our state fair, people walk up and say, hey, I was flipping through and I I caught a game. And then to be able to have those recordings for posterity, being able to live um, webcast it, that just introduces to so many more people. The game was actually watched and live webcast in over 33 different states and in multiple different countries. And that just shows you that there's people out there that want this product and you put on a good show like we did and, and people are going to come. Um, but I, I can't say enough about the guys at, at Town Square Television. They, they've just done a phenomenal job. Um, I have Evidently, the game against New York was their highest watched um, show of all time. So their highest rated show ever. Yeah. So that that's nice to hear. Troy, you got anything for Laura? Absolutely. So, you guys are now going yeah, You guys on. are on with the professor. I just want to let you guys know. Troy's the professor, oh, yeah, so. I'm, I'm all, I'm all okay. jacked up about this, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a football junkie, so I'm, 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 I'm ramped up with this, man. Uh, so, you guys are moving on to Charlotte, man. This is for all of it. This is for the championship here. How did you guys go from the elation, the, the hard-fought, tough game that you guys had against New York, and now – you have to kind of bring it back in a little bit, get tamp it down a little bit, and now it's refocused on Utah. How do you think your team will acquit itself once they go down into Charlotte? Do you think that will build up the momentum, or you think you guys are going to be a little bit tight? You know your team better than anyone. How do you think your team is going to, be, is going to respond to this uh, success? Because a lot of times it's about how you deal with success instead of adversity. Oh, absolutely. I'd agree with that. I got to tell you, we're actually, um, you know, with practice tonight and just watching the seriousness and how intently the players are listening to the coaches and how much they're putting into practice tonight. They're not taking this lightly. They're here. They're studying. They're asking questions already, Um, you know, and we, we still have a lot of practices left to go, but there are students of the game. And our coaching staff, I can't say enough about my coaching staff. They're phenomenal. I think they're so dedicated. And 
you know, so intelligent in how well they understand the game. And then not only do they understand the game well, but they're able to communicate and teach that to the players. And then they're also able to motivate them and find out what each individual player kind of needs so that they can stay motivated and understand the game and want to be here week after week. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to be focused and we're going to understand what we need to do. We're already talking about, you know, things that we maybe lapsed on in the New York game that we need to correct and, and what we're seeing from Utah and what we need to do so we can uh, execute our game plan against them. And we're focusing, you know, on us and what we need to do and, and not worrying about them as much. Now, Great Laura and Crystal, yeah. this is Kishi. I have a, um, I have a question to ask you because you talked about, you know, being and followed up what Troy said. How do you all prepare? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because we've talked about the fact that Town Square did a great job. And most of the time, you know, and Troy and Oscar, as um, former football players, you know, can testify, when you're going up against an opponent, you generally have really good highlight reel. One of the issues with women's football is that there isn't always enough footage for you all to be able to use. So how do you guys prepare when going up against a team, especially um, if that team now, um, you know, doesn't have enough footage or may not have enough cur- uh, current footage of their current mm-hmm. players? You know, is that, a, is that a struggle with the women's game in terms of preparation? It, it is a struggle, I'll say. Um, the players like to see the film. The coaches really want to see the film. Um, and we use huddle, and we try to use it as much as possible. You know, sometimes we're looking at old games. Sometimes, you know, we're contacting other opponents of those teams and asking them, hey, what kind of film do you have? Do you have something that you haven't put out there? Um, you know, doing just trying to get any intel that we can on the teams. And, you know, also trying to look at stats. Who are their key players if we can't get filmed? And trying to look at that, you know, who's got what kind of yards, um, you know, but if we can get that film, our coaches, they're breaking it down. They're looking at, you know, what formations are they running? Who are their key players? What do we need to do on both, you know, the offense, defensive, and special teams, really? Um, you know, but the thing is, is, you know, I think Crystal can attest to this, is that, you know, we, we're, we're looking at what the other team's doing, but, you know, we're looking at what we want to do, you know, and right. we're they're going to have to keep up with us. And if we do our assignments right and we play Vixen football, then, you know, we'll have a good game. I love that you keep saying if we do our assignments. That is so great because in that regard, you remind me of Coach Popovich because if you ever listen to Coach uh, to Pop when he does his, um, you know, interview post game interviews, you you know, uh, Coach uh, Pop for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. That's one of the things that he is always saying. And considering the numerous championships that the um, Spurs have won, he must be on to something. So I love that you have that same mindset of just do our assignments. Yeah, I mean, football is a team sport. I mean, it's the ultimate team sport. I mean, I love it. It's it's physical. It's mental. But it's it's not just about me, me, me. I mean, you can have a phenomenal quarterback or running back, but if your O-line doesn't do their assignment, you're going to fail. Every single person who's out there on the field is important on every single play. And, you know, I grew up playing a lot of different sports, but I never really felt like I had that as much as I do in football. Hey Crystal. Yeah, um, and, and wanna, it, it, hey, hey Crystal, this is Troy again. Hey, I want again, I wanted to take you back to the interception play, and I'm curious to know: were you guys a man to man? Were you guys in zone? Was it some? Was it a play that you had seen earlier that helped you break on the ball? Because it looked like 
it looked like you had a pretty good break on the ball. I mean, you, you looked like you were in better position than a wide receiver to go after that ball. So what what if, what coverage were you guys in at that point in time, or do you remember? Yeah, we were in man coverage. Um, I saw that play maybe a couple plays before that, too. I think it was maybe two or three plays before that. They ran that, and that's when I kind of got a piece of it and knocked it down. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just yeah, – it was a blur, but, you know, I just jumped it and – Brand. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, Crystal has great eyes when it comes to looking in the backfield because, you know, when we're out at practice, sometimes I'm lining up and she's covering me. And she's, she just can does a great job of quickly assessing that receiver, peeking in the backfield, seeing what's going on. And you watch the film and you can tell she's, she's spying on that quarterback to see what's going on, you know. And then, of course, just turning on her speed. I think if you watch that, um, that interception by Aaron Tilford where she went 99 yards for a touchdown – you know, if you watch that, all of a sudden you see Crystal just all of a sudden booking it up and coming up there and making a key block that really springs her, you know, and that just shows you again that she just has that speed that I think sometimes people underestimate. And those are the key ball. plays that – and those are the key plays that those are the plays that actually make that, you know, a 99-yard touchdown is to have someone yep. come up and be that, do that selfish play and then get in the way of the blocker and make a great block so allow their runner to get to the end zone. I just think that's fantastic where you go. Yeah. So oh, Exactly. Another it question. comes back to what we said before. Everyone has their assignments. I mean, the same thing on the opening kickoff when Lisa Brown ran that back. Outstanding effort by Lisa. A ton of skill. But Amanda Dvorak, again, is down there making a key block. And if uh, Dvorak doesn't make that block, Lisa's probably not in the end zone. And so, it's like I said, it's every single person out there and every single play is important. So, Laura and uh, Crystal, um, we are going to bring in uh, Brylin uh, Fields right now to chat about the game. I know uh, it's, you know, it's been one of those things. She's on the losing end of things, but she had an amazing game, so I really wanted to give her some time as well. So, uh, let's bring Great. in uh, let's bring in Brylin Fields from the New York Sharks, who had an impressive three touchdowns over 100 yards in the matchup. So, uh, uh, Brilliant, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing. It's uh, it's Tuesday, so, you know, just reliving the moment with you guys right here, hearing the, uh, the team on the other side kind of share their feelings on the game and having it replayed through my mind. So, I'm good. Um, I played a hard game, so have so Bri, uh Take us take us to that game. Uh, we just went through it with Laura and Crystal, but for you guys coming in, you guys knew this was important. You guys had put up a fight all through the season. You guys went through your, your schedule. You show up here. Very historic game because of the history of both teams, in, you know, since 99. But it was a big playoff format here. What was the atmosphere for you when you walked into the stadium on that day? I mean, I the field was beautiful. The weather was beautiful. Um, I was with my teammates. We had been there, you know, since Friday. So, you know, before before that game, I think we didn't play since uh, June 9th. So it's just been like a lot of waiting, you know. So I think anxious is a good emotion. You know, you're just ready, practicing with your teammates at Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and you know, beating up on each other. You're just ready to get on the field and play against an opponent. So I think there was a lot of butterflies. I think that we were ready to play. Um, 
but it was a lot of waiting. So we were we were ready to get out on the field and and play this team that we had been watching film on and hearing all about their season. Now on the uh, highlight reel, have you seen the highlight reel, uh, Braylene? Have you seen the I, highlight reel? I have seen the highlight reel. <laughs> okay, you are the star I, of the highlight I, reel. I just want to let you know. Yeah, I I posted the highlight reel. I've I've watched it. They did a phenomenal job. Um, I mean, as as tough as it is to walk away with a loss in this game, you know, one of the biggest things that even my teammates know is a game like this helps the sport grow. And playing oh, yeah. the sport and and you're wanting to see uh, the bigger picture of something, you know. So as, as much as it was taking away an L that day for the Sharks, I mean, for women's football, it was a win. Um, nobody wants to watch a game. 70 to nothing and, you know, hear about forfeits all the time. And, and so that game, like I said, that game, even though we came away with the loss, it was a hard-fought game. It was passes. It was interceptions. It was teams playing literally till the last, you know, the last inch. You know, you, you think that you're going in there and two yards away and you think it's game over in any given Saturday, you know, for, for women. So I was listening and someone said it was just like, what happened to the Seahawks? And, you know, we fight just as hard as the guys. So, like I said, it was. It's hard to be on the losing side of it, but it's it's humbling to see. You know, this is going to be something that helps the sport grow for for all women. Go ahead, Troy. Hello, Brooklyn. This is uh, this is Troy. Wanted to ask you so, um, about the game that you the, the day that you had. Was this your yeah. biggest day that you've had? I mean, it's a monster day. You scored three touchdowns for your team. Was this your your biggest game or your best game? Um, no, it wasn't the best game of my career. I mean, I would say in terms of the caliber team that we played against, I mean, I've had four touchdowns in a game at, at a point, but never, you know, again, that was a blowout game. It wasn't a, it wasn't a game where it's neck and neck and every point counts. So for that aspect, um, yeah, I think that was, it was a huge game. It was a huge game for, for myself. It was a huge game for my quarterback. Um, we just connected. She she sent me a an amazing message after the game, and, you know, I kind of heard. And that, that player was me, you know, that she was throwing the ball to. And she had just told me, you know, like, Brylin, uh, you know, I would choose you a million times, and that meant a lot to me because um, she trusts me, you know, and, and she trusts the other receivers as well we connected that game and it, it doesn't shock me that she, she decided to throw it at that point. I think that more than falling, it was that the ball was a little behind me. So I was trying to dive backwards for it. Um, but it was a great game. And, and just like uh, Nina, is that, is that the number 15? Crystal Nina's is that her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. that's her name. Yeah. So, so, so just like, just like she was saying, it's all kind of a blur, you know, um, I go back and I see the three touchdowns and I see some of the diving catches and I don't typically get just the adrenaline gets to you. The atmosphere gets to you. Um, I mean, they have a thousand plus stand uh, fans in the stands, you know, and you, you can't hear our quarterback saying down set. You don't know the cadence. You're just looking at the snap. It was, I mean, the, the energy in the whole stadium was something that, that the sharks had never experienced. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if I speak for the Vixen when I say, like, I don't think that they've ever experienced that kind of energy either. So it was just an all-around, you know, different kind of feel that day on the field. 
Now, you, you alluded to earlier about, you know, you guys hadn't played since June 9th. And a lot of yeah. times when you hear about a long layoff, um, you hear the pros and cons of it. Of course, the pros are you get a rest, and then the cons are you feel a little rusty. Now, it looked like you guys out there, once you guys kind of, you know, worked out some of the kinks and worked out some of the rust in the second half, I mean, you guys came out there like gangbusters. Do you think that the long layoff kind of attributed to your slow start that you had out there? Um, I love my team. <laughs> we, we, uh, you know, that first quarter, and, and it's something that moving forward that we know that we need to get better at. If, if you look back at our season, that first quarter is something that's kind of eluded us. So it, whether it's the, whether it was a long layoff or, or whether it's something that we just have to get better at as a team. So the long pause definitely didn't help. You know, when you're on a, a high going from Phoenix, who was six and zero and winning that game. And then knowing that you want to beat the, um, the DC prodigy who we had lost or who we had only beat 10 to seven the prior time in overtime, um, you know, you're on a, you're on an emotional high. You're on, you know, everyone's at their best riding this wave and you're all the way at the top of it, you know, to take a month off, you know, it's hard. The wave just kind of falls. So you're just at this standstill point for a month and it's just practice, 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 which, you know, I know practice makes perfect, but after, being used to playing weekend after weekend in a row and having literally four weekends of, of no football against an opponent, it was definitely tough. I think Minnesota faced the same thing that we did. Um, but, but that pause was hard as, as far as preparing mentally because it's a lot of just thinking. You know, then you start out thinking yourself. You start thinking, like, what are they doing instead of what should we be doing? So that's how I feel about the pause. Now, Bree. Right, uh, in, in the end of the regulation, what was your thoughts at the end of the first reg, uh, the regulation only, uh, and, and you were looking at that scoreboard and you're like, what is it going to take? Was that in your mind? What is this going to take to win? Because this was like, you know, punch after punch towards the second half. Yeah. It became one of these, who wants it more? So if um, if there's any if there's any you know unit that I trust more than I trust my offense, it's my defense. And they, you know, were number one in the IWFL for a reason. And they, they call themselves the dog team, and they fight so hard for each other um, at practice. They give us a run for our money every time at practice. So, you know, to always be going up against the number one defense in practices and just their camaraderie within each other, their sisterhood that they have even off the field. Um, you know, usually when it comes down to those last two minutes, that's where their heart just kind of explodes. And they did, they shut it down. Um, They did their job. And so in my mind, I wasn't worried, you know, in my mind, the defense just always comes through and and they came through twice, you know, they did their job. And so I was actually happy. I think there was what, like 12 seconds or something left on the clock and and the Vixen had the ball and they took a knee and went into overtime. And, And when they did that, I was like, all right, this is this is where we show up to play. So my mind was a little bit at ease, to be honest with you, at that point. Now, the second overtime, was that something that you guys were like, when is this going to end? I mean, what was the, the feel for the team right there? Was it just keep fighting so, or what? Right. So I don't understand, like, the uh, – it's kind of like an inning, I guess, and the rules, like, everybody gets a chance. So, like, after Nandi had – her 18 on our defense she had intercepted it in the first 
or the first and a half overtime, I didn't realize that like they got another chance and we got another chance. So I think a lot of us were just trying to figure out what really is like what's happening. How many times do we do this? And it's like, you know, home team gets the ball or everyone gets a chance until it's the third overtime. So after the second overtime, you know, we were on that two yard line and we were just right there. The blur, you know, that blur of 102 yards, just watching, um, crystal run the ball back it's a blur and I only know it because I've watched it so many times but I just you know you can't really put into words being so close you know being so close and and just kind of watching it all slip away yeah I was joking with uh, crystal earlier that Karen ran and if you see the highlight reel um every when you see it you're like she's so close to tackling or just getting her on the you know on the tippy toe or throwing her body at her just to get her off the sidelines. You know what I mean? You're liking that approach as a fan. You're like, is she going to dive? Is she going to throw her body at it so she could save the touchdown? You know what I mean? But uh, afterburners by by Nina's here, I was just, that was just incredible too. So, so that was just a battle for two, you know, one to stop it and the other one to just trying to burst it to, to score. And so it was was just a great game. No. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I said, um, you know, both teams had the opportunity and uh, the Vixen capitalized when they needed to capitalize, you know. Um, they had a lot of points on special teams. I mean, they run back for a touchdown and they they played well. They showed up and the things that we messed up on, they took advantage of and that's what it comes down to, you know. Every every inch counts, every yard counts. They They laid it all out there. So, again, hats off to their performance. Now, reflection on the season, uh, Braylon, uh, you guys had a great season, Atlantic Conference Championship as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. overall, it was a great season. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you don't move on to the to the big hardware. But uh, reflect on the season. You guys really were battle-tested all season, like you said before. You were always in close games and a couple overtime games. Um, so I think that in itself showed a lot of character of the team. And then going to – battle Minnesota towards the end I mean it just says a lot about your team yeah um I've heard a lot of people say in the past couple days to me you know it's just a game um and I think everybody's definitely entitled to their opinion but I think it comes down to we we did lose a game but what happens is it's the end of something right so uh when something ends, you know, and obviously something new gets to start, but it, it takes a little bit to to let that resonate, let that marinate, if you will. It's like, you know, when you're in high school and when you're in college and when every, when every chapter of your life ends, it hurts a little bit. And not because we just lost the game, but it's like you spend eight months Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday with these women. Um, you spend eight months Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday getting to know someone that's 18 years old and mentoring them or getting mentored by someone that's 48 years old and hearing about, you know, the things that they went through. Realize the dynamic of a woman's football team, um, women in general, you know, we are compassionate people. We, we care, we love hard, we have huge hearts. And so even off the field, we, I think we bond on a, on a level differently than men do. And so, you know, reflecting back on a season, it's like you see the battle tested. You know, you see uh, Maggie, uh, Maggie Nattel, she didn't play in this game against the Vixen, and she was one of our number one receivers. You know, tears her ACL two games before this game, um, averaging two touchdowns a game kind of deal. You know, like 
you, you look at people like that and you hurt for them. And, and you look at a quarterback like Ken Mulligan who gives it their all and has been there, you know, playing football for 14 seasons where, where I've just been a part of football. This is my third year. Um, and you just kind of reflect on, number one, how blessed we are to be able to play relationships built. You know, the what we're trying to do, not only individually, you know, as a team, as the Sharks, but, you know, nationally on, on a bigger level, on a global scale for women's football, uh, I think that this season in general just kind of proves that, that it's possible to be to be bigger than you. We, we had the uh, – the honor of having, you know, someone follow us all season, um, kind of doing a documentary for us. His name is Jay Hoon. And even he fell in love with us. You know, he started off the season with us just wanting to know what is women's football. And, and, you know, as a guy that just came in not knowing anything, you know, falling in love with the team, the environment, the girls, their stories, because we don't get paid for this. Uh, I'm sure Chris Salinas has to go to work Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, she does this on her free time. So, football but we all have a different story and um I think that when you reflect back on the season you just know that man I'm really going to miss so-and-so's story for the next however many months you know I'm really going to miss coming together on this practice night um for this amount of time to be part of something bigger than you so like yes it's just a game I get it you know you know nobody's losing their lives nobody's dying but we're sacrificing we sacrifice our time we sacrifice our money um our bodies and uh it's just like when you reflect back you just miss it you know you're just gonna miss it so it's like a piece of you's gone and and you just you know you get ready for next season so yeah crystal uh breeze on here um laura breeze on here i mean you guys were there yesterday uh the emotions of the game but I will tell you guys, the three of you guys are on the phone right now, but from a fan's perspective, we want to thank you. Thank you for the amazing uh, performance on the field. And I'm pretty sure everybody that has watched the highlight reel, everybody that's going to watch the game, is going to enjoy the fact that uh, this was probably the best game uh, that I have seen. I've only been watching women's football since 2009, and I'm pretty sure there's been other games. But I will tell you right now, this was for me, uh, you know, I said it earlier, if you just turn on the highlight reel, you would assume that this is some sort of NFL or CFL coverage. And then you start to realize that this is not. So I have to give you guys a lot of credit, everybody, both teams, an amazing performance. Uh, and it's, a, it's just a game that you enjoy watching. It just, it's an enjoyable game to watch. So much action, and so Oscar. much effort. Yep. And no, I was I was just agreeing with you. Oscar literally is summarizing, you know, exactly what we all feel, you know, watching that highlight reel, watching you ladies put everything on the line, you know, heart and soul, and it's an amazing product and you know, hat for to say hats off to you is easy. But to say it's an honor to cover you is truth. And it really and truly is an honor to be able to cover you all, to watch the games as best as possible, and to be able to help elevate and tell your stories. So really and truly, the as a journalist, as a you know professional communicator, 
it's an it's really an honor for what you all put out there and for you know what you all do for the young ladies who are watching because you're trailblazers. You guys really and truly are trailblazers. And maybe in a couple of years from now, you know, the game will be much more elevated and we'll be able to start seeing games on ESPNU and, you know, and maybe who knows, we'll even be able to have an ESPN women's football channel. Who knows? But the fact is, unless you guys are there, we don't know what's possible. So thank you for what you all put out there this weekend. Thank you guys for uh, giving us the opportunity. You know, it, it takes people working together. You know, it's more than just women trying to play football. You know, we care about each other. We care about the game and we play because we love it. So this, you know, even interviews like this, it doesn't happen without people recognizing that um, us as women are, are really looking to do something more than, than just have it be a Saturday fun league where we all get together and, and toss the ball around. So, I mean, as much as you guys appreciate us, we appreciate the little things like this because it's these little steps taken forward that is really going to help the sport grow. It's games like the one on Saturday that's neck and neck and, and people fighting every play that are going to help the sport grow. So I'm excited for, for the Vixen heading into, you know, championship weekend. Good luck to them. You told a phenomenal team too. I expect that to be another amazing game. Um, but I, I'm excited for more games like this, more games where it's, close in a battle, you know, more games where it's not 70 to nothing, more games where you can want to have it streamed, want to have people cover you. So thank you guys. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you. I got to give a shout thank out to you. New York because if you want to play your best, you got to play against the best. And New York is by far the toughest competition that, that we've had all year and in a long time. And you can just tell that that level of football was just so much higher between our games, and, and that's what's going to drive a good product. That's what's going to drive people to want to watch that game. So, you know, I mean, that it's it's having those other competitors out there on the field with us, having the fans support us, and having, you know, shows like this that uh, spreads the word about it and, and promotes it and educates people. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, we love football. We're, we're looking for, for more things like this where we can – keep hearing about these teams and meeting the players and the people who are behind the scenes and it just all comes together. And, um, and yeah, I think, I think that this is just going to continue to grow. Yeah. And this is, this is the reflection of quality play that everybody, that everybody was going to expect, but going into the game, I think it really, it truly was a performance. Uh, that you can look back onto because the game was that amazing. The end result was great, and like you said, two competitors in there. So, um, Crystal, the game winning. We move on to Utah, um, and Laura, you guys move on to Utah. And uh, so at this point, you know, uh, Bree's going to be in the stands cheering you guys on, especially for the uh, you know the Eastern Conference uh, side of things. Uh, Utah is a juggernaut. Uh, I've said it before. They like to put people in coffins early before the half. Uh, no, no, you know, no discredit to them, but they're a great team. So at this point, big challenge in terms of an offensive threat. Uh, I know you guys bring Big D, so um, it's going to be an interesting game here. And that's that's where you know we as fans kind of like just kind of like get ourselves so hyped because we just went through one of the best games ever 
in women's gridiron. And so our expectations are going to be very high for that championship game too. Yeah, we're we're all excited. It's going to be a great game, great experience. I'm really looking forward to it. Laura, how are we looking at Utah? I mean, uh, Coach Carl uh, Carlson there. He's they've had a good group of individuals there. Um, that this it would be this will be a big test. Uh, their offense is really high ranked. Your defense is top notch. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we we are too. I mean, it's going to be a great defensive challenge for us. You know, our coaches are already breaking down things and and putting together a game plan. And I have complete faith in them on both. You know all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And I think they're going to come up with a, a winning combination, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You know, we're going to have a, you know, their offense is, 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 you know, you got to give them hands down. They're scoring a lot of points. You know, you got to give them credit for that. And, but our defense, you know, up until this game against New York, we'd only allowed one touchdown all year on defense and we have a strong defense and, and they're looking at what they need to do. And our offense just keeps getting better and better. We have our rookie quarterback, Kirsten Hansen, and she just keeps every game she plays, she just keeps learning more and more, and our receivers get better and our running backs get better. So I, I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great matchup and, and fun to watch. Yeah, and it's the same here. I mean, so, Bree, thanks for coming in, making the time. I know you're a busy girl as well. Um, look forward to uh, the championship game. Uh, just let everybody know on the Sharks out there, Colette and everybody else know, a fantastic season for everybody. Uh, great effort on your on your guys' squad. Um, it just some, you know, like you said, it so happens that somebody's got to win. So, uh, but congratulations on the great season for everybody in New York. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for having me, Oscar. Uh, good luck, Crystal, and good luck, Coach. I will be seeing you guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming thank on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, so Laura, um, this is this is it. I mean, uh, we talked to Neil, uh, like I said, a couple weeks back, and Neil's the historian of of everything, pretty much keeping tabs on women's gridiron. So um, he was very excited for this game, and I can tell you right now, he's going to be totally excited for Utah. Uh, not so much as you know New York versus Minnesota, but uh, the storyline here for you guys on our end is very. Um, how can I say it? I would say I would say Cinderella like, because you got Kirsten Hansen here, first year, and she's going to go for the biggest hardware there is in one year. Yep. And like you know, Muta yep. talked about, you had other players that have waited for so long to get to this level. So the storylines for for the Vixen are just so great in terms of you know different different expectations for everybody, but the players themselves at a different level, and now to reach this pinnacle. Uh, you know, for her as a leader, as a quarterback, which is probably the toughest position in, in you know, in the game. Um, talk about her and her mental aspect now going into this game against Utah. Cause we, you know, if you look at the stats for Utah, you're like, how can they do that? But reality is uh, their level of play in certain instances, isn't as, like you said, as equal footing as you guys have mentioned against New York. So it really will be a big test for both teams. Yeah, it definitely will be. And, I mean, Kirsten is just – she's a, a fabulous person, a tough competitor, a real student of the game. Um, our head coach, Brandon Palenka, he's also – Phil steps in as our quarterback coach. 
and he's done an amazing job with her this year, just understanding what she's seen when she's looking at the defenses, what our formations are, what our progressions are. And, um, you know, she hosts almost an optional practice every week that she, you know, her and other players come and practice routes and go over things in addition to our team practices. She's just so dedicated, so humble. You know, she's the first one that will give credit to, you know, the offensive line and the defense because she understands, again, that it's a, it's a team effort that we're doing out there. And, and I just can't say enough about Kirsten. Is just, she's just a, a wonderful young lady and an amazing football player. Crystal, um, we, we put down as a game changer, and I think that's where we're going to keep it at, Crystal Game Changer Ninas. So uh, are we expecting the same on Championship Sunday? Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. All right, so we're expecting a lot from you guys on that day. It's going to be a great event, great game. Um, uh, Laura, uh, congratulations again on a great season, fantastic win. Uh, you know, the uh, we owe a lot to you guys because, like I said, the game was such an amazing game. Uh, everybody on both sides of the team, you know, pats on the back for that. And uh, I will tell you, uh, you go to the boards and everything else, and uh, somebody mentioned to me, I can't remember who it was, on a comment and says, uh, I made a comment about how this is, was an, a great game, you know, a classic. And uh, somebody did say, uh, and this is the IWFL that gets put down a lot. So uh, I did explain to her that when it comes playoff time, it's a totally different IWFL than regular season. And uh, you guys just proved that on Sunday, I mean on Saturday, that this, was, this is what the IWFL, IWFL is all about when it comes to crunch time and playoffs. So, you know, we, don't have to, we, we can evaluate the regular season all you want because in both sides, like you said, there's blowouts. But uh, when push comes to shove and you got to show up, uh, this is it. So uh, hats off to the league itself too and all the teams and the member teams uh, for that amazing game on Saturday. Well, thank you. We, we appreciate it, and um, thank you for having us on tonight. All right, Laura, thank we'll be in touch um, as soon as we get closer to the championship game, and that way we can kind of recap and do a little preview as well so the fans can get to dive into Charlotte so they get to feel the excitement um, at the same time. So congratulations to everybody. Rest up, and we're looking forward to Utah and Minnesota uh, on the biggest platform in the IWFL. Best of luck, everyone, and thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a great night. So, Troy, uh, this is it, buddy. This is it, the final stretch. Uh, Utah, the juggernaut that it is on stats, and they prove it week in, week out. 56-12, to 12, they took care of the uh, so-called mighty Austin Yellow Jackets that we had talked about before, about how they were, you know, given given their, their – title for the you know for before the uh the finals there and you said it troy uh can they stay neck neck and neck with them so they were good for a quarter and then it just you know this is what it is this is what the falcons do i mean that's just just what they do now so big test for minnesota i think yeah and, and that's what you know that's that's what this game is all about i mean they you know uh on on paper as you said, Utah's a juggernaut. I mean, they they pretty much just ran through everyone. And now you got Minnesota that comes off of this huge game that they've had against New York, and you know to get to the title game, and 
will that catapult them going forward? You know, how much of that momentum are they going to be able to take into that game, if any? And, you know, so, you know, you look forward to things like that. But, I mean, at the same time, Utah has got to be – their confidence is sky high. I mean, they know what they can do. And as we alluded to earlier, there isn't much about film study. So it basically comes down to executing your game, playing your game, playing to your strengths. And whoever has the better strengths and whoever makes the least amount of mistakes should come out and win the game. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything uh, falls out. And, um, you know, we'll see once the game starts. Yeah, and Kishi, what did you take away from this game? I mean, we just talked to everybody. Everybody is was so excited, but reality is, I, I think, to your point, this is a game that could elevate, you know, sponsorship. This is a game, the kind of game. This is a caliber of play that needs to be played in week in, week out, uh, for people to look at that. But uh, you did, you did make a great point on there. I do agree that this is sort of a stepping stone, but they have to do this consistently. So playoff times, it's great, but if they if they did this in a regular season status uh, more often, it, it would probably bring more attention. It would definitely bring more attention, and one of the things that I like what both um, teams said from uh, Breland and um, Crystal was that they are fortunate enough to have quality production behind them. You know, even Breland mentioned that they had someone, uh, a film person, come on just because he was curious, and now he's fallen in love with it. I think that's what she was saying. She faded a little bit, but, you know, Definitely, the, um, Minnesota, they have that uh, the town um, group behind them. And if you can't get on mainstream, then you're going to have to connect and invest with someone locally who's going to put together quality highlight films. And you know what else we also talked about in the past? And we talked about this, Troy, before you came on. And Erica and Eric and I spoke about this, was the both leagues, divisions, have to step up their websites because if you can't put a quality product on your own websites, how else are we going to follow? One of the challenges I had first learning the game of women's football was I couldn't read the websites. Like if I want to go, there's a, there's a uniformity to the NFL. So when I go to the NFL websites, each team's website it's pretty consistent. I know where to find the players. I know where to find each player's individual stats. I know where to find the team stats. I know where to find the lines. And I can get all of the statistical information that I need. Each team in the IWFL and the WFA, each team's website is so dramatically different. Sometimes it's like playing hide and seek, you know, and where's Waldo? Where's the information? So those are definitely things that the women can control. We they can't control not getting coverage, but they can control not only the quality of the product on the field, but they can also control the quality of the product in terms of their own promotional efforts. And when you make it easier for fans to find you, to read, because Troy, you ask really great statistical questions, and some of the information you're looking for is not going to be found on those websites, you know. And that I think is going to help to elevate the game too. Is investing in getting uh, someone to put together quality highlight reels that we can promote and then getting them out to outlets like us. Yeah, I mean, so I, it's going to be in I, Charlotte? I, I, I just can't. I, I don't see how, you know, if you are a fan of football, 
how could you have watched that clip and not be interested in it? It just, I mean, to me, it kind of sold itself. So I, I really hope that this starts to take off a little bit more. And I know for a fact that, you know, uh, you know the the IWFL and women's football, has, they have gotten five new fans from the, you know, when I was sitting in the bar with these guys and I'm talking to them about it, and I sent them the clip, and they were just like, wow, okay. So, I mean, that, I'm on board now. And, you know, so I'm just hoping that it starts to take off a little bit more and the word starts to spread about the quality of football. And that's the key. That's the only thing we're trying to do, uh, bring awareness to it, bring the the a level of, uh, you know, to people to gravitate to. Um, you know, I tell people all the time when they tell me, uh, you know, women's gridiron and all that, and they don't want to sponsor or whatever, or they're negative to certain things. Um, but, you know, the promotion side of things has to improve, as to Nkishi's point is, you have to get a general generalized format in terms of the website. you got to pick up somebody that can do a better job of that so that people can draw to it. It's a, it has to be redesigned. Um, if, you're, if you don't redesign your website at least every three to five years, then you're, in, you're just outdated. And then that's really what the reality is, that you have to elevate your game. Some teams do a better job. I mean, the Vixen website, if you go to it, it's very, very nicely laid out. You've got basic information. You get tickets. You can, it's, it's just basic. So to your point, uh, and Keisha, yes, the, the, some teams have to do a better job of looking at maybe better teams that do a good job with their websites, and that makes a huge difference, especially for fan interest. Um, the championship is going to be – uh, Friday, the schedule is July 22nd uh, at 10 a.m. You have the affili- Affiliate Bowl kickoff, and the, at 7 p.m. you got the Founders Bowl kickoff, um, and then on Saturday, the 23rd, you're going to have the All-Star Game at 10 a.m. and the championship, the IWFL championship, is going to be at 6 p.m. So uh, it is going to be uh, partnered with the Carolina Queens women's football team to host the 2016 championships. Uh, the events are going to be uh, as part of the, you know, just the whole weekend. So this year's weekend will be held in Charlotte, North Carolina. All games and, uh, and events will take place over three days, the 21st to the 23rd, 2016, at the newly remodeled West Melkenburg High School Stadium. So uh, the events will feature two bowl games, an all-star game, and obviously the final, the IWFL Tier 1 Championship. Um, so the... Uh, Charlotte host committee will be announcing exciting details on that. $35 is the uh, weekend passes only will be sold online prior to the event. No individual tickets will be pre-sold. All passes purchased can be picked up at the will call window. $35, there's a link. You can go to paypal.com forward slash CGI dash bin, or you can go directly to the IWFL sports dot com site, and you can uh, get the link there as well. So congratulations to the Vixen once again for moving on to face the Utah Falcons in the 2016 uh, championship. So, Troy um, and Kishi, are you hanging out with us? I am hanging out for a little bit longer. You guys got me for a little bit longer. I actually have a media shoot to do in the morning, so I may not have red eyes. (laughs) I mean, that would not be a good look, so – yeah, I will I will stay on for a little bit longer, um, only if um, nothing else, because I do hope that we'll get a chance to touch on some of the other uh, 
NFL issues and college football stuff that has come out because I think we'd be remiss if we didn't address um, some of the other, you know, issues in sports that are going on just for a little bit and, you know, make sure that we give everyone yeah, no, a little bit of fair that's, coverage. That's the reason That's the reason I'm asking because we're going to dive into NFL right now before we finish up on the Legends recap and our send-off here. So, um Let's start with you then. What's on your mind in terms of what's going on in the NFL? I know we haven't talked to NFL for about three weeks now, so let's dive into it for a couple minutes here and see um, what's what's on your topics, what's the topics that are trending there. Well, the, the actual one is actually not NFL, but it is related to women's football. I don't know if you guys saw that, but um, with the – I think it was the Minnesota Lynx, the ladies um, – WNBA team, they had on a shirt addressing the BLM and saying change starts with us. And I don't know if you guys know, but uh, four off-duty security um, guys who were hired by the ladies' basketball team to provide security for the game walked out. You know, and I thought, so they, wow. So, so they, wa- they walked out because they were protest- protesting the shirt? Or yes. what was yes. the walkout? Yeah, they did like the fact that the that the lady that the women had um, on the back of the shirt it said Black Lives Matter, and on the front of the shirt it said Change mm-hmm. starts with us. We're making a difference. And when the team came out in pregame warmups, these four um, security guards basically quit on the spot and walked out. <laughs> and you know, I'm so like, they, wow. They're they had a difference of opinion, basically. That's, that's how they, they had a difference that's of how opinion. That's how they made their statement. And that's how you they know, made their statement. That's how they made their statement. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's, that's I, I, very I unprofessional. Like I, I, I feel like I have to say this, and I'm not sure, um, you know, how, how it's going to be taken, but I'm just going to say it anyway. The whole Black Lives Matter, um, you know, movement, and then, you know, to counter that, there's the All Lives Matter but listen, when Black Lives Matter is, is being said, it's saying that to to draw focus. It's not to take focus away from. In other words, to say Black Lives Matter is not to say that no one else's lives matter. All it is is asking for people to focus upon black lives. Now, whether or not you agree or you disagree with the statement is all we're asking. All people who are asking who wear Black Lives Matter uh, shirts and, you know, subscribe to the Black Lives Matter movement is all they're asking is for focus. Look at the focus. It's not saying that, you know, it's, it's not saying, you know, we're against this, we're not saying against that. And they have that narrative with that's being said. But in its totality, I don't believe that the young lady who came out with the shirt on has come out and she said anything disparaging about the police officers, anything disparaging about any other race. If Black Lives Matter is less the shirt that she had, people are taking upon this narrative that that means that you're anti-police, you're anti-white, you're anti-whatever. All it is is saying that to focus upon the fact that black people feel like that they are targeted by police and that their lives seem to be less valued than others. I just wanted to make that very clear. And I think that's the that's the thing that's not being said. And and I have to blame 
also the Black Lives Matter movement for not articulating that a, a lot more effectively. I think if you use that kind of narrative, if you use that kind of language, people are more apt to listen. You, if you ask yourself this question, if, and, and, you know, I had to, you know, my wife kind of taught me this lesson also. And so I had to kind of use this with my children. I had to use that, you know, in my office. If you are screaming and you are yelling and you are not talking, all they know is that the height, that your voice has been heightened. They're not listening to what you're saying. So everyone, you know, just let's tamp it down a little bit. Talk about what you really want to say. So I think everyone has a part to play in the misconception about uh, about what's being said, about what's being, you know, um, uh, what they're exactly trying to say. And I think if everyone just take a step back and listen to each other instead of pointing the blame, instead of yelling, instead of screaming, instead of rioting, instead of even picketing. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the marching and things like that. There are more effective ways to get a point that uh, get a point your across, uh, get your point across rather. There are, you know, what I will. My two cents to that is, there are areas in this country, and I will tell you right now because I used to live in, you know, gang areas and everything else, and and Los Angeles being one of those as well. And we're talking, I'm talking Hispanic in general, but I will tell you with every movement, as to your point, Troy. There's a positive message, and then others construe that into a negative format. And, and the small percent that does these crazy things just completely overshadows the ones that are obviously trying to do a right. And uh, mm-hmm. it usually works out to the point where, you know, uh, especially now in social media realms, if you see somebody right. posting a video of some crazy act for them to get their two minutes of fame, uh, so now the you know the movement becomes a negative movement. So you have this negative perception right. that now these people are up against and they're a one one group, uh, you know, against the world type mentality, uh, which in reality that isn't the case. And in every case, uh, and if everybody will allude to that, um, I've said it before, you're not going to be able to relate to the individual on the other side until, like Troy says, until you've sat down and listened. You have to listen, and if you don't listen, there's no dialogue. No dialogue means no solution, and that's really what it boils down to. And so, you know, we can uh, – I can sit here and tell you that not every cop does the due diligence that they, were, uh, that they put their oath to because there are bad cops, just like there are bad people in every society, bad people in every aspect of things, but the very small percent – um, has to be addressed, but the majority of it has to be, to your point, Troy, still is a conversation of solutions that we still have to come through. I mean, you have aspects of sports where, you know, people don't, they don't have a choice. It's one against the other, but they have to unify themselves to play a game. And in the, in the game of life, it's no different. We still have to, you know, we still have to work together. We still have to do the right thing. We still have to come into uh, a progression. We have to progress, not degress. Uh, we 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 all know exactly how certain things have turned out in history, um, and so I understand. I mean, I understand. I'm I'm a soldier. I understand how the perception could be turned against, you know, uh, military or police to make them seem that they're bad, 
And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every police officer is honest because just like anything else in society, there are crooked police officers and they go to an extreme. And those, and in some communities, that is the norm. And to say that it isn't, you would be blind to it. So, you know, we're not going to be blind to it, but, you know, good thing for the links to kind of stand out in their community and say, you know, let's just end this uh, as to Troy's point, you know, they're making a statement on the court, uh, but you know, the officers or the security guards leaving, um, I mean, the right thing to do was, okay, well, you know, that's an employer. You could have just figured out at that point, give your notice and say, we're not working for you anymore because I have differences of opinion, but to walk out totally unprofessional, you know what I mean? You do the right thing. Well, that's all I'm saying. But do the right here's- thing. Well, and I have to say, kudos to Dan Lebertard. Like, I enjoy, like when I'm running out of the office and I'm on my lunch break, I love listening to Dan Lebertard. And he's been one of the few who's really done a really good job of addressing the issue. And he had Kenny, you know, Smith on yesterday. And, you know, and, and, I, and I love the fact asking so close to the death of Ali for others to step up. You know, I have to commend both of them for trying to have, as we've all said this evening, a conversation. Um, Part of the problem is, though, you cannot have a conversation with a closed mind. And I think that is part of the problem is that people have dug their heels into the ground and are unwilling to listen to anything else that is being said. And uh, to your point, Oscar, that there are good and bad people in every group. Part of, I think, the frustration, however, is that the bad individuals that are in law enforcement are not being held accountable. And I think that that is part of the other frustration is why is there no accountability for these individuals when we can, when they commit these actions and why are they not being held to a standard and why is there always a justification? I cannot lie to you. I am sick as a parent, as a person, every time somebody does something wrong, we go digging all the way back 20 years to traffic tickets to justify why they deserve to what happened. And I'm sorry, one's history does not always, sometimes it does, but one's history does not always predicate that particular moment. And we can only judge them for the actions in which they were committing, not justify or blame something that happened years prior for as justification for the incident that occurred at that moment. And at the end of the day, lives are lost. You know, I have people who I love dearly who are very close to my heart that are in law enforcement, and I'd be devastated. I'd be absolutely traumatized if something happened to them. As a human, I'd be traumatized, and I am traumatized at loss of life because at the end of the day, everybody has somebody who wants them to come home. And, and that no, is as real that's, as it gets. Exactly Everybody what I, yeah. has somebody yeah. that they that wants them to come home, and to devalue that person's right to come home, whether they're driving home from the movies or whether they're or whether they're on the job, you know, it, it, we still want them to come home, and you know that is part of unfortunately the national narrative, and when you justify taking a life as opposed to saying, you know what? Yeah, we screwed up. That person shouldn't have been here. You know, let's look at what we can do to rectify 
their actions and hold them accountable. And when you can start having the accountability conversation, you can then you can see, as Troy said, a difference in the tone. But I agree with him too. You can't yelling and screaming isn't going to help. You know, no. taking lives, taking violence only begets more violence, and that's something that I abhor. And as you know, the great Dr. Maya Angelou said, you know. I have hate causes many problems, but I have not seen one issue that it has solved. Doesn't yeah. bring yep. about anything. Yeah, so yeah, I think we have to what, be able to is. communicate. And I, you know, so I, I just want to applaud those who are making an effort. Uh, prayers for the safety of everyone who has the right to peacefully demonstrate, as well as the right for the police officers to be able to peacefully do their job. But be but be willing to say hold accountable. I tell my children all the time, I will fight to the death for you if you were in the right. But if you are in the wrong, you must face your consequence. Well, well, if I may just make one point about that, and and there is a reason why there's a lack of accountability that no one is talking about, and that is money, because mm. in this in this in this society that we have, depending upon where you are on the scale of um, uh, how, how how much money you have, there are dire consequences and a lot of times financial consequences to you Very making true. a mistake. And that's the reason why. I mean, how many, look how much money New York, the NYPD has shelled out. Look how much money the Chicago Police Department has shelled out. They're already strapped for cash as it is. I mean, they're dependent upon, you know, taxes from from the um, from the citizens. But a lot of times, to you know, to also, to, you know, on on their end of um, accountability, funds are mismanaged. But they have a department that they have to run, and that stuff is not free. And then the fact is, is when you make mistakes, the first thing people want to do is they want to sue. I mean, that's just the society that we live in. And so, to admit that someone made a mistake, they had an error in judgment, is also to open yourself up to liability, which also comes a financial windfall to the, the, the people that are affected by it, which is most of the time their family. But no one is talking about that. If you want to really change things, you have to really change things. You can't make it be a lottery every time someone makes a mistake. I do understand that there are costs and there are, uh, uh, there are going to be things that maybe, uh, you know, the people that are responsible should be paying for. So let's just say, and I'm not saying that, you know, a life is not valuable. I'm not saying that at all. But how many times have you read in the right. paper or seen on TV where someone makes a mistake and because this person is rich, now they have to pay, you know, $20, $30 million as restitution for a mistake that they made. If I made that same mistake, they're not going to sue me for $30 million because I don't have it. It's more so like That's an opportunity point. for them to, to – it's more so an opportunity for them to say, hey, you know, we can cash out on this because this is a high-dollar, you know, um, uh, uh, association, so now we can cash out on it. We've got to change that. We have to Well, I that. agree with you, but here's, another, but here's another point about accountability, and this is still a sports issue. You have the Stanford swimmer. Six months? Six months? Are you serious? Six months? Oh, and by that the was way, a total. That that right there is is a total oh mistake. 
That but, was just a total here's, mistake. And, and really what it was. the knucklehead judge. I know, but the knucklehead judge should have been reprimanded, dismissed. I, I just, that, that well, right they're there, both alumni cannot... from the same college. But, but here's my but, No, but, I know, but what but, I'm saying but, to you but is. Oscar, here's the that, point. That's what we're your agreeing. point is. Yeah. No, I know. So how can people feel like they're getting a fair shake? You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, but it's, this just, is a, it's wrong. That's but accountability. I mean, that's where the standard the standard needs to be put in place because I've always said before there has to be a gauge of some type yes. of you know of range to where you know a, a certain amount of certain things are are a level. You know, you 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 take a severity, and we're talking. You know, hopefully we'll get off this track here because it's sports, and somebody's right. going to go, "What are we doing, political?" <laughs> Anyways, no, but we're not doing politics, but affect, we are talking sports. It does affect. Sports, it though. does affect. No, of course. But what I'm saying to you is it gets to a level sometimes of stupidity. Like you said, you know, the, you get six months for this. Well, somebody else, uh, and let's just, you know, if you want to go in the mud, let's go in the mud. Somebody else with a different color or different ethnic background would have gotten like 25 years to life in a different state, in a different county, in a different, uh, you know, all that stuff. So there's no like general, rep, rep, you know, reprimandation from state to state or nationwide where it says if you murder somebody it's automatic 10 years no matter what state you're in 10 years to life if you're you know if you are confirmed that you are you know that they the jury comes to the decision that you are guilty this is it but you go from state to state and you know to your example that's just a bad example right there oh by the way you only get six months well somebody else if you look at the track record for the same offense they probably got 10 15 25 which that's what I'm saying. The justice system has to fix itself too, because uh, they're not consistent but enough. But we were more focused point, on his sports wasted, record. It's wasted money, huh? Absolutely. But I think, but but from a sports point of view, we were more focused on that individual sports record. And how many times do you see no, on the high school level, you know, athletes getting sure. away with bad behavior? You know, you've got the whole situation right. down at Baylor. We so I know people might yep. think we're talking politics, but we're really not. We really are talking sports. And at some point, we have to figure out what do we value. You know, we love our sports. Right. We absolutely love our sports in this country. But at some point, we have to be able to balance our love for our sports, but also with our our love for other human beings. And the um and the last thing, and I guess Troy, this is more your bailiwick. Um, is with regards to the Sandusky thing. Have you read about the new allegations against Joe Pa that came out? Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? Again, that, it goes back to exactly what I was saying. The reason why they weren't accountable is because of the the the, the impending impact that would have had on that program. <laughs> Just imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. The fallout if that would have came out. So the, the first time it happened was in the seventies. There's no social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be, you barely had college football games on TV. I mean, you heard of Penn State. You knew they were a great team. You know, they were. You know, they won some games. But I mean, you can hide those things back then, and they hid those things because of the impact that it was going to have. And so, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not. I'm really not. And I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm I'm shocked that it was allowed to go on this long, because I mean, you think about it, and just the the sheer gravity and the sheer amount of players who were affected by this, how did this continuously get swept under the rug? And then you have to you have to look at that and, like, how powerful 
was that Penn State program? How powerful was it, what a figure was Joe Paterno to, to be able to to hide this fact with Jerry Sandusky and, and the, just the complete evil things that he was doing behind closed doors? I'm just appalled about it all, and it, it's got to tarnish his legacy. It already has tarnished his legacy. It's gone even further with this recent you know uh, news story that came out. We all have skeletons under our closet. That's what my grandmother used to say. We have to come to, to the realization that the right, whatever we've done wrong, we have to do right. And a lot of times power, you know, when you get too much power, sometimes you think you're above the law, even in, and cover-ups eventually will come out. And in this day and age, so much so because everybody's got, you know, everything instant now. You know, somebody's going to overhear something. Somebody's going to do something. So, I, you know, it's just sad to hear that these things come to light in the way they do. And um, you would think, you know, you think highly of somebody, and then all of a sudden, you're, uh, you know, you end up realizing that it wasn't as great as we thought it was. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't but, know. You um, know, sometimes you, can I, just say you guys I totally sit back and, and realize and scratch your head, and then you go, wow. That's all you can do sometimes is, wow, really? Wow. Yeah. And so, but you know what um, I think is so yeah. great about this show, though, is that not only are we able to talk sports, but we're also able to bridge the gap between our sports and our humanity. And, you know, we're able to find that balance because we do love these games. We love our football. Oh, yeah. You know? We love our football, but I think that you guys have alluded to how social media and and the now-ness of everything, you know, can either be a detriment or a positive. Like, we're hoping through the use of this show that we can bridge the gap for women's football, and we can use the now-ness and the immediacy of social media to help elevate and provide a positive platform, and that we can help to profile these amazing athletes you know and I think it's just a matter of the intent and how we utilize the social media and the efforts and it's just such a positive place to be here with you all to be able to have that balance you know in terms of what we do and I'm not gonna lie I just I love being part of this show yeah and, and, and the good thing is we have different aspects of things and you have to have differences to come up with different ideas as well. So, I mean, you can't have the same mindset because that doesn't move you forward. You have to have differences, you know, and uh, difference, being different is not always bad. I mean, it's just like we said before, you know, there's, there's purpose for certain things. And then at the same time, there's reservations for other things. And you just, as individuals, um, you know, I tell kids all the time when I go to, you know, the YMCA and I volunteer and, and I, I go to the, you know, the soldiers, my fellow soldiers that I do volunteer work with the soldiers as well. Um, You know, some people just need a lift and some people need to be, their eyes need to be open. And it's as simple as that for some people and other people, you have to really sit down and say, this is wrong. Do you understand why it's wrong? Uh, And so, you know, we've, we talked about it, you know, you, uh, Troy, you're a parent, Keisha, you're a parent. It's, it's really tough because influence outside of the home sometimes does that. Um, it creates this, you know, this perception of difference and you're like sitting there going, where'd you get that idea or where did you do this? And then you have to start to correct and mend things. But with the same token, 
you know, we, we all have to do our part and at the same time own, we have to own our mistakes. Uh, just in sports, just like we're talking about right now, you know, things come to light at some point. If you think they're not, you're just mistaken because things will come to light at some point. Somebody will whistle blow you out, uh, you know, and that that happens in sports a lot because of the fact that certain programs just feel like Troy says a cover-up is going to benefit the program and we can't have that scandal in our system. And even though, you know, the administration uh, or whoever's guiding the administration know that that's really wrong, you would think they'd have more common sense for that. But um, so we'll leave it at that. It's a great discussion. Uh, society uh, at the same time, you know, creates a lot of things to discuss with and, and some of those are good and some of those are bad, but most of the time, you know, we, we, we have to come together and move forward. And that's the message. You have to come together and move forward. Um, div- uh, divisions, uh, you know, that's something that every individual has gone through, but a lot more in terms of, you know, I've talked about sports and how sports have come around. You know, if you go back in the day, you know, uh, back in the early 60s where, you know, African-Americans couldn't even ride a bus. Uh, and you go today to where, you know, African-American uh, players are basically superstars in every league in professional sports. So we've come a long way in terms of that. They have a bigger a bigger platform, but they have a bigger voice. They also represent themselves a lot more highly, and that also portrays to, you know, everybody around them. And I think that's, that's a plus. Uh, you know, who would have thought we'd have the WNBA right now? And who would have thought that, you know, uh, all these things would have evolved? So we're hoping that at some point uh, the women's game will get to that level too, you know, of acceptance and get some exposure and society will accept the sport for what it truly is and what it was this weekend, as we all, you know, alluded to, it was a great classic game. And that's what we want to see. We want to see that type of atmosphere, that type of excitement and engagement into the sport and uh, to elevate it. So that's my two cents. I don't know if you guys got anything else. No, very well put. And next week we definitely will be ready to talk women's football championship and OTAs and training camps and Lord wanting to wring the necks of those defensive players for the blue and silver for all these stupid suspensions. But I am going to maintain my sanity and I am not going to let them get my blood pressure up just yet. The cardiac kids are not going to get me before the first preseason game. Not going to do it. (laughs) Hey, uh, in the words of Nelson from the Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Well done. Well done. Very well done. Oh, awesome. oh, that was perfect. Well and on that note, guys, yeah. I am headed. I am off. Thanks for another great show, and I will see you guys next week. Awesome. All right. Okay. All right. Have a great one. Good, good uh, night. Troy, we got we got LFL to talk about Yeesh. legends. Um, Chicago against Omaha. Uh, the coach apparently had a heart attack. Walked out, went to get care. No coaching staff showed up at Toyota Park for the Omaha Heart, except for that one coach, and he had a heart attack after the, uh, I guess, the halftime tirade with frustration. And so, and you guys can watch the wild clip, you know, where he was just all over the top anyways. 
And so uh, it was up to one of the players to uh, manage the game for the rest of the game, which we already knew what was going to happen. I mean, you're playing against Descender Barkley, Chris Del Harris, A.J. Johnson. Uh, you can name, the, you know, Joshy Rice, Chantel Taylor. Uh, so, yeah, uh, no hope for you. <laughs> 56 what, to zero. What an absolute trap. What a mess. I've never seen anything like that in my life. In my life. First of all, the defensive coordinator just decided. I don't even know what happened. He apparently didn't show up. So he had to coach the defense also. And listen, it's not. It's less about what Tony Doremus did for the season. His season, they were horrific, okay? They, they, you know, in the last two games, they were out, got outscored 143 to nothing. It's less to do with that. It's more so an idiot, like the complete idiot that he is. You walk into your locker room holding a chair. This is not WWE, man. What are you? What were you going to do with the chair? What were you going to do? You going to start smashing, smashing your players on oh. the head? What, what were you thinking? I just, I, you know, that, that right there the was a nut. That was a pinhead of the week move. Pinhead of <laughs> knucklehead. Oh my god! I saw I, that. I, I'm I, like, I really, this guy. I had to rewind. I was like, was he really holding a chair? Did I have to rewind it? And was, yeah. he's holding. What was he gonna do with that chair? Oh man! I don't want to say it, Troy. I don't want to say it, but I'm assuming he deserved a heart attack for that, because literally yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm I mean, hurt, but, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say he deserved it, but technically, because of his tirade, that's what he. That's what he got. <laughs> Basically, yeah. got a, a little bit of a heart murmur, and and he got to get taken to the hospital. Um, let's move on. <laughs> because I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. Uh, technically, it was just horrific. And I will tell you right now, the announcement today that he was fired or released or let go or however you want to work on it, uh, I want to say, Mitchell Mortaza, uh, you, you had this coming two weeks ago. This was a mess way before this game. It's been a mess two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So, you know, to allow that type of product to go on your broadcast and showcase it on your brand, uh, just, I don't know, the move should have been made sooner. The first game where they got beat 77-0 to against Atlanta, okay, that would have been the you're out of here, you're fired. How can you let somebody score 77 points on you? Uh, it doesn't look good. We talk about shutouts and zeros in the, in the regular women's gridiron league, okay, in the regular women's tackle outdoor football leagues, right? We're, we're always saying, God, a lot of shutouts, 56-0, 40-0, whatever, okay. This brand has always been about, you know, competitiveness and putting a good, good you know, competitive game out there. So to me, it's like the history of this club in the last two years, has not been positive. So the failure goes to the league ownership for not ensuring that there's a proper staff, number one, in that, or in that uh, team. That's really what it boils down to. It's not even the players. The players are coachable, yeah. but if you've got no coach, <laughs> you've got no heart, as they say. You've got no heart. Uh, so, uh, you know, I hats off oh. to the players for completing the game. That's all i got to say. Hats off to them for – you know, playing to the last whistle or whatever, but 
reality is this is a this is a black eye on the LFL. This is a black eye on Mitchell Mortaza because he, he if he didn't see it coming, shame on him because this should have never happened. You know, seventy-seven to zero, never happened. Should never happen. The, the word so the uh, word of today's broadcast has been accountability and accountability. That's correct. You are accountable, sir. So there we go. Mr. There you, you know go, Mitchell Mortaza. Troy Wilson says, "Be accountable." So today was a little too late. I think he should have realized it when it was when they got blown out by Atlanta, which is a great team. And yes. so you know when you get blown out like that, he should have made a trip to Omaha and said, "What are we doing out there?" You know, yeah. what are we doing? I mean, as a commissioner, he should have been on the on the phone. He should have been on the plane. He should have been restructuring that squad. You know, whatever he had to do. Uh, so, technically, this falls on the uh, the LFL, uh, you know, ownership. It falls on the commissioner because he didn't take enough action early enough. So, now they have to play another game, which is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be against the Dallas Desire. Oh, jeez. <laughs> of all teams. Wow. Um, so Troy Wilson, I think, uh, we either have to go get some, we need to go get drunk to see a different game and a different outcome. Yeah. I think that game is not televised. Oh, that's, that's not going to be good. You know, it'll be broadcast. I will oh. say if they don't know what Victoria Thomas is all about, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> watch out. Well, I, well, I oh, think that's, boy. that's, that's part of the reason why Chris Del Harris begged to get in this game. I mean, she knew. Listen, this is going to be an easy day. I can get warmed up. You know, my injury is doesn't yeah. feel so bad. It's funny how that happens. So, you know, you, you have that injury, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden you see, you know, what what, is, what is it equals a cupcake in front of you. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I can play this game. I can play this game. You know, let me get warmed up. Let me get my, you know, my bearings under me. Get knocked the rust off a little bit. Great game by her. Great game by Jacinda Barkley. Uh, you guys tore it up. But you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was bad. That was bad. This is that was the I think that was the worst since I've been covering the NFL. It's the first time <laughs> that a squad that the squad doesn't have their coach in the second half and doesn't have a complete staff, and a player has to manage the playbook. It's pretty bad. That's bad. I've never seen anything anyways. Like that um, no, no, no. So uh, I, even in Pop Warner, I know there was always at least a mom, a dad, or a couple of dads whatever the case may be. Um, so let's move on to the real game. <laughs> and you called it, and you said uh, L.A. had to come in with some sort of power and passion to even stay uh, competing with Dakota Hughes. And lo and behold, we get a 33-26 to 26 Los Angeles temptation. Um, I will have to give Coach Tui a lot of credit. His pregame speech says, we're coming to win. Do you understand? We we don't we don't understand our playoff fate. We don't dictate the playoff fate. At this point, we've dug ourselves to this position, and I thought it was a great speech. He goes, "You're not going to leave here without a win, and we're going to show them what the West is all about." So uh, technically, uh, I don't know how more, more inspirational can you get. And Monique at the end, she was fired up, and she's like, "You know, I'm I'm one for the playoffs, but." I hate to tell you, Monique, uh, Omaha has no heart. <laughs> they have to be Dallas. And, uh, yeah, it's wishful thinking yeah. right there. Yeah. But congratulations right. on a big win. Nas Johnson, 
the uh, Jane Caldwell, I mean, they played well. They played well, and you'll see it this weekend on Saturday. But uh, hats off to them. And you you said it, the L.A. needed to come in. We I had talked about the two-quarterback system, and, and that's not what Tui – you said Tui would not go that route, and he did not. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, this is a big game in Atlanta. Atlanta, no joke. I mean, they are a quality, quality football team. So you had to come in there with your best guards. And then, listen, Coach Tui, you got to give a shout-out to this guy, man. What leadership he showed out there. And then also piggybacking in the great leadership of the Hall of Famer, Monique Axiola. That's what That's what really is the difference between when you have two good teams playing against each other Who's the leadership? Where is the leadership coming from? And when you get it from two different spots, you, it goes well for your team. That's leadership right there. you got to take your hat off to L.A. And even if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, what guts does this team have? And you really like watching this team play. They showed a lot of guts against the times that I've seen them. The two squads were that they played against were really high-quality squads, and they ended up coming out with the win. It would be a shame if they can't make it to the playoffs. And, again, we talked about it. Omaha needs to win against Dallas. And I don't see that happening either. But, you know, you got to take your hat off to that team. Uh, Troy, the, the only thing I took away from this game was that in a scope of the, the – in trying to scope the league, the West reigns supreme in terms of talent, in terms of aspect of that. I mean, it's been proven. Seattle beat Chicago. Right, the LA goes to yep. Atlanta and beats Atlanta. So uh, mm-hmm. the tougher battles, even the acoustic, even the acoustic, <laughs> I will give them credit. Even the acoustic played in a fantastic last game against Los Angeles. So uh, you know, uh, the, in the, in this league, if you're not on the West, you're not really competitive, and it's shown right here. And this next week, uh, the 23rd. Uh, we are going to see another massacre, unless uh, you know, unless the New England Liberty, with with limited roster, uh, you know, I hats off to Astra Cruz and and uh, Drake and and all the girls in in New England. But uh, if if you're coming in handicap against that, uh, the Atlanta team in your second home opener, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the coaching, I don't even know what the coaching New England wow clip's going to be. In the, in the locker room, because if uh, if the steam can put away uh, Omaha 77-0, uh, I I hate to find out what the score is going to give against New England. New England has only scored, uh, let me go back here, 21 points against the Acoustic, which is at their level primarily. But after that, they have gotten 70-7 to against the Bliss. So... I I would expect the same score. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm expecting a blowout. I mean, just just think about this. I mean, Omaha is bad a team as that team is. They beat New England 26-6. I mean, it's, it's – I think that New England is about as bad as you can get as far as play, but they – you know, at least they still have their coaching staff there, and you got to give them that. Um but yeah, it, it doesn't bode well for that New England team to come in there. Yeah, this is just, it's not even going to be close. Some of these games, you can just go ahead and mark it off. It's not going to be an upset, not at all. And then we have uh, the week after. So 
So if, if, let's just call it the, the, the beatdown tour in the next two weeks. That's what I'm going to call it for Legends Football League, the beatdown tour. Starts in New England this weekend, the Atlanta team against the Liberty. I'll, you know what? I'm going to do that. Hashtag beatdown tour. That's a good hashtag. <laughs> anyway, there you go. The beatdown tour in the NFL. Um, starts this weekend, Atlanta Steam versus the New England Liberty at the Verizon Wireless Arena. So everybody that's going to be at the Verizon Wireless Arena, uh, if you're a Liberty fan, bring some tissues because it's going to be pretty bad. You're going to be crying a lot, a lot. Um, then the week after, uh, Troy, your favorite girl, 14, and Michelle Angel, Victoria Thomas and Michelle Angel, uh, against the uh, Omaha Heart, the last home game for them. So, it's uh, yeah, Beat Town Tour. The next two weeks, Beat Town yeah. Tour, you can pencil it in. Uh, we're waiting go. for August 6th. August 6th, we're waiting for Atlanta, Chicago. And I will tell you right now, uh, if Dakota Hughes cannot beat Jacinda Barkley and the Chicago Bliss, uh, talk about a thorn on their side season after season after season. Uh, but I know Coach Hack, from what I know from him, and he doesn't like to be to get beaten by Atlanta, and he doesn't like Atlanta, from what I'm told. So <laughs> sort of your Philly rage against the Eagles type mentality. So, oh, uh, yeah, he's not, he's not going to Atlanta to lose. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not losing that last home game at home against Atlanta, I can tell you that right now. They're not going to go there. there. Um, is there anything better to add to sports other than than just unbridled hate? I mean, that just makes for a great oh, game. I just, I, I mean, it, it does, to, right? It does. I can tell you that I have the Forty Nine er hate, and it's it's strong. Yeah. It is I strong. Agree, so I, it's rivalry. Okay, so the Beat Town Tour starts uh, Saturday, July twenty third. <laughs> Atlanta Steam against the Liberty, <laughs> uh, and then Saturday, July thirtieth. Dallas against the Omaha Heart. Uh, I will tell you guys right now, those two games we will not cover in depth. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> we'll be, let's just be up front, right, Tori? We're going we're gonna to cover, uh, <laughs> cover bits and pieces, and then we're going to just let you watch it on YouTube <laughs> by yourselves <laughs> and analyze it by yourselves. <laughs> yes. Please uh, do so. Um, so, you know, thanks to, uh, Laura Brown, uh, Crystal Ninas, and, uh, obviously, um, Bry- uh, Bryleyna Field from the New York Sharks as well. Uh, what a fantastic game. I mean, we, hats off to them. And, uh, we're, you know, if you want to get uh, the, the lowdown on what the game was about, it's on our Facebook page, the highlights there. You can also, uh, also go to their, uh, individual, uh, page, the Minnesota Vixen and you can get the link there to uh, watch the game in full. So I believe there's a fee for it, but it's not that big of a big fee. But help them out and um, watch the game as well. So it's a classic game. You can't miss it. And based on the highlight reel, it's a very great game. So um, that's what it's all about. Um, Troy, let's finish up here. We only got, uh, let's see, a couple minutes here, five minutes. So let's – Let's go to uh, Europe. Let's finish up in Europe right now, and then we'll just get out of here, basically. Well, in Italy, the 2016 Rose Bowl four final was won by one team for their back-to-back uh, championship versus Neptune uh, Bologna. 
Uh, it was a 19-18 win, so congratulations to the MVP, uh, uh, Iliara Adami, for her efforts. Uh, get the CIFAF championship recap via our Twitter timeline and Facebook page. And um, also wanted to talk about Australia. The trials are on now for all of the governing bodies, including uh, Queensland, Victoria, and New South Wales. You can follow on Women's Gridiron uh, Leagues of Australia for the latest updates and news. And get ready also for the Ladies Gridiron League Season 2. So stay tuned for that. Reminder to visit our shop at Zazzle, zazzle.com slash Beauties. This week, through tonight, midnight, uh, Pacific uh, Daylight Time, you get 25% off. So far, we've raised 100 bucks towards the goal to help the Outback Squad through May 2017. So all you have to do is just go to our shop and order your chalk line gear and help us spread the word that girls play American football. Oscar? Big games this weekend, uh, Sugar and Spice Football League, Week 9, uh, the Legends Football League. Like we said, it's going to be a promo here, Atlanta versus taking on Liberty. Stay tuned all weekend via Twitter uh, and our handle at Gridiron Beauty. We will tweet out the live feeds as they become available for all the games. Thanks again for making us the number one sports site on Twitter covering all things women's American football. We totally appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate it. Uh, for all the love that you give us. Visit our Zazzle shop once again weekly. Help our awareness project, the No Joke Football Project, and use Zazzle codes to save big. Thanks again to Minnesota uh, Vixen standout owner, Laura Brown, uh, wide receiver, Crystal, uh, game changer, Ninas, and the New York Sharks' all-star, uh, Braylon Fields, for helping us recap a classic game in the women's uh, gridiron history. And don't forget to subscribe right here and follow us on Block Talk Radio. Click the follow button and don't miss the show. Check it out. Also, check out our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go to Instagram now. You can check uh, Aliaria Adami on the cover from the one-team champion, CIFA Italian champions, and Twitter for the latest news in women's gridiron. So shout out to all our network partners. Uh, We appreciate them helping us out to bring you the news. We appreciate your efforts. Until next time, Oscar Lopez, Frankishi Free, and Troy Wilson. Catch you next week on the Great Iron Blitz right here on Blog Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com. Have a great night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.